ain't no pro. Anyway, that's life. It's life. Hi, Michelle. How are Hi, you? Hi, Geordie. Oh, it's nice to see you sitting there all cosy in your robe. Here we are at eavesdropping. I know, eavesdropping. I actually don't need the robe. I put it on because it's my lucky robe now. Yep. Just like Hugh Hefner. <laughs> Me and Hef got a lot in common. <laughs> <laughs> have you have you been to any swinging parties recently, Michelle? Every day, every minute. <laughs> Lockdown swingers. That's seriously. That's your neck of the woods. What that's what they do in middle middle class burbs. Yep. That's right. That's it's the pampas grass parting the pampas grass. Oh Jesus, that sounds terrifying. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, that's like what is it? The witch in the wardrobe, and they have to part the furs. Oh, is that how he's yes. described it in the book? Yes, Ooh. yes, it's I very sexual. Not... Oh God, it's not nice. You know, speaking of sexual, I read in the paper at some point about a sex party run by a company called Killing Kittens. I don't know why Ew. it's called that. Not nice, oh. but they have like Zoom sex parties where. You can tell each other, like you're with your cu- with your partner and people tell you what to do, like take off this item of clothing, kiss her there, kiss her there. Oh. Hang on, did you just happen to come across this article or were you seeking some... I read it. Some... No, right. it was, in, it was in, the, in the Guardian or something. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm telling you. Says you who reckons you don't know what Pornhub is. I don't, but you told me to research it. So I thought, don't shy away, Geordie. Read this article. You need to know what's happening these days. In the world. In the sex world. Do you know what? I actually read this thing and it was, I mean, it's not as gross as the rat. It's rats from last week. But uh, it was basically this TikTok went viral. Yeah. And it was this NHS doctor who got on and he's like, hi, my name's Dr. Karen Raj or something. And he's like, if you drink pre-ground coffee, you're basically drinking cockroaches. What? Yeah. And people are like, why? Why are they saying that? Why? Because if you're, so when you have coffee. I drink pre-ground coffee. Well, they just grind. I mean, there is apparently a certain percentage that the government says it's okay to have infestation of insects and cockroaches. And if you're drinking the pre-ground stuff, they don't bother separating it. That's upset me. Yes, you're one of millions. This TikTok is like, no, NHS doctor is telling me this. Fuck off. I don't want to know this when I'm drinking my morning coffee. So there you go. Thank God I'm not drinking it right now or I'd be heaving. Did you watch any good TV this week, Michelle? Only RuPaul. We've had some uh, requests for good telly shows from Ben Rain, the composer of the title music of this podcast. Okay, well, it's my favourite. I always talk about this. Rebecca Martinson. Oh, Martinson, yeah. RuPaul. Oh, I've been watching a Norwegian crime drama called, sorry, it's Danish. Uh, it's called Deliver Us. Oh, I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, Walter Presents, Channel 4. Okay. So, Give that a whirl. It's got a bit of a twist at the end. Oh, I love a twist. Yes. Uh, so give that give that a go. Well, do you know what? I have um, – I'm still continuing to watch Blacklist, which jumped the shark many seasons ago. I'm sure you don't even bother watching it anymore, do you? No, but my friend married her. That's my right. Married to the lead lady. The lead actress. So maybe he yeah. can tell us why she's finally gotten together with wrestler. I'd like to know – why do we have to see the sex scene? Number one, it was icky, and why was it clearly both of like both of the actors at different points were using dub- body doubles? It was obvious. Well, she's had it was, a baby, so maybe I yeah, but him as well. I mean, both of them were at it. It was a bit too much. You got to see side boob. Not it wasn't her. It was definitely the body double, right? And it was just over the top. Can't you just insinuate? We don't need to see all of that. I'm not saying I'm a prude, Michelle. It's just not what you expect from Blacklist. Sexy times. No, but no, but the thing was, the reason I first even started watching Blacklist was because of the main dude, James Spader. Yes, because even he's though fabulous. he's like fat and old now, he's still got so a little gorgeous. bit of something, something. Oh, and I loved him. Really, I would love him to touch me inappropriately because <laughs> it was. He's got it. He's still well, he's got not, it. Can I just point out that he's not the one I'm talking about that's having sex with Liz because well, I think I, he's her father. So that would be wrong. <laughs> 
sorry about that. I just that. snorted. <laughs> right, so tell me, have you got any apologies? No. Oh. Why, why should I apologise for anything I say? Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you need to apologise? Yeah, because I actually listened to it back and I said when you were being a complete biatch about your witchy, witchy face, face yeah. I said witchcraft. I didn't even say what? witchcraft. I said the weirdest. I don't even know what I said. I listened witchcraft. back to it. I was like, what the fuck? Anyway. <laughs> yeah, weird, poli- uh, weird, uh, weird pronunciation anyway. There you go. There you go. So another awkward segue. What are we talking about this week? Well, you know what? <laughs> We decided to cover con artists, scammers, love fraud, financial fraud, fraudulent characters. And, you know, Michelle, it was very strange that you should have suggested this particular subject. I did my research a day after I thought I'd been scammed doing my tax return. What the hell? What happened? Well, I, I got a message from the Inland Revenue saying that I hadn't paid my tax return and it was quite large this year. And I know that I did. Like, Hang on. To- was was this on the phone? Was it a phone message? Because uh, I get those all the time. Not on the phone. Mm. But another friend got scammed on the phone through PayPal and lost a couple of grand. Oh, shit. Yeah. And this is a guy who you would just never imagine would ever... He's very, not, I wouldn't say mistrusting, but he's very cautious normally. So how he got scammed, I don't know. Okay. But meanwhile, meanwhile, what happened with my tax return is that I didn't put the right reference in when I was paying it. Oh. So I had to spend about four hours on the phone to the bank and to Inland Revenue as well. So that was dreary. Oh, okay. So it was actually like user error. Your user error. error. Absolutely. Right. Okay, okay, I'm not okay. used to paying tax. That's why. <laughs> but it got me thinking, you know, about being scammed. And I mean, it could happen to any of us at any time, really. I mean, yeah. it happened to Sting. What? Sting got stung. <laughs> what happened? Well, Gordon Matthew Sumner, a.k.a. Sting, took mm. his financial advisor to court in 1995 after he discovered he had been swindled out of $6.4 million. It says pounds Dollar. here, so I'm thinking it's pounds. Jesus Christ. Yeah. How do you not notice that? It's not in your bank account. Well, no. that's what they were asking him yeah. in the court case of Sting. But Keith Moore was the name of the advisor to Sting, and he was there for over 15 years, and he also had Queen and Big Country on his books. Oh, Right. He invested Sting's millions into various business ventures, including a chain of Indian restaurants in Australia. I mean, what chain of Indian what? restaurants are there in Australia? That doesn't exist. <laughs> Clearly, Sting. God. Uh, and it took an anonymous tip-off to Sting to alert him to the missing money. He didn't even notice it himself. Oh, 6.4 million. He claimed to be too busy to notice it was gone, Michelle. Rich and famous creatives, they do um, hand over power of attorney to their financial advisors and you do have to have a lot of trust. And look, actually, I think we should come back to this another episode. Um, Put a pin in it. Yeah. Michael Hutchins and his daughter, Uh she's got nothing, (gasps) literally nothing. But let's say no more. Oh, we, let's revisit this another okay. episode. Yeah, absolutely. Anyone who's got any info on that, please write in. Yeah, please. In court, Sting claimed that Moore had created an elaborate banking system, so pretty much what you were just saying, Mish, which he couldn't get a handle on, to which the defence countered that Sting, who used to work at Inland Revenue, should have have known better. But to which, and also he's got an A-level in economics, to which Sting retorted... Well, that's what, probably why I didn't last long working as a taxman. Oh, there you so, go. Yes, but Coots did repay 4.8 of the missing millions to Sting. Sorry, but that's still fucking millions short. Yep, it is. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it just goes to show, guys, anyone can get fucked up the ass, including Sting. <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> Geordie, language. Uh, oh, dear. But you know what? There are so many stories out there, Michelle, about this kind of activity. Scammers. And look, I think I think we've got to come back to it because it's a rich theme. Why? Of... Did you not do your research? Are we coming no, back I... to it next week? No, no, no. I've, <laughs> I've got a case for you, but 
Yeah, only one, really. Okay, well, same here. Thanks to our new researcher, Al Taggart. Thank you, Alistair. Yes, good. Hi, Al. Yep. He's done his work. Yeah, yeah. Because we gave him the heads up before the app. Got the job. You've got the job, Al. You've got the job. (laughs) And you got the job done. I look, and the reason I say this is like a rich, a rich mine of uh, a rich vein. A a rich, a rich vein of (laughs) of ideas and and stories is because sadly, in the time that we times we live in, people are just getting fucked over left, right, and centre. Yeah, and not just financially, in love too. Yes, you know, I mean. I knew a girl who basically her boyfriend had been living double life for five years. What? Yeah. And really, it was horrendous. She had absolutely no idea until one day through the mail, she got a letter. She opened it up and it said, hi, you don't know me, but my mom is having an affair with your partner. If you don't believe me, here's the proof. Pictures. Oh. Some some a bit what? racy. Yeah. Of, hang on. Of the, the daughter. Mom. Yep. Of this person took pictures of her mum at it with this lady's boyfriend. Not, no, not at it. But, oh. you know, like he's just walking around <laughs> around the house in his pants, you know, Ew. playing with the cat, all that kind of stuff. Oh, is that an, a euphemism? No, it's not a <laughs> pussy reference. Jesus, Jodie. <laughs> Um, you need to think more carefully when you say these things, Well, Michelle. I didn't say walking around stroking a puss, did I? You said I did walking not around say playing that. with the cat in I his said pants. cat. I didn't say pussy. Anyway, <laughs> so, but no, and this was terrifying because not only did she get this letter, so did 10 of her friends. Oh, no. So, you know, it was just this really nasty situation and... And when she confronted the boyfriend, he denied everything. She's like, yeah, mate, well, what about this? And then as soon as he saw all the evidence and the letter and he was like, yeah, yeah, okay. Caught I'm out. Busted. And mm. the thing was, he had this job which took him overseas on, you know, business travel. So she thought he was just away for his job. Uh-uh. Literally down the road, shagging the lady he'd met in the park. Yeah, I know. Mm. So, you know, it can happen. You think you know somebody. I mean, I'd like to think. I'd like to think I know my boyfriend. Yeah. But but where is he right now, Michelle? Apparently. Oh, my God. Don't even say that. That's so horrible. My husband's just left for work, in inverted commas. Yeah. He had a shower before he left. Oh, my God. That's it. He's having an affair. No. That'll be it. (laughs) But, yeah, look, the, the point is... There, there is so much. There are so many stories out there of yeah. heartbreak, financial fraud, you know, the emotional toll, things that end in, sadly, death. You know, it's, Have it's you? Awful. Oh, Michelle, did you ever hear or watch Dirty John, the podcast that turned into the TV show? Did you watch the TV show? The TV? No, I, I, watched, I watched it. I listened. I listened first and watched it. Listened, yeah. The, the actual TV show. What? With Eric Banana. What a pile of shit. But it was so crap. It was definitely made for TV. It but. was made for TV. But the, what? that's a true freaking story. It is. Of this poor it woman is. who yeah. met this guy. She's very attractive. She's very successful. She's got daughters. Oh, She runs an interior. Yeah, she's Bit an old lady. She, she, mm. she has the ha- amazing hair if it's Connie Britton in the TV show. And... She fell in love with this guy. Well, she didn't actually fall in love with him at first. She was a bit cagey about him at first, wasn't she? No, she liked him. It was the daughters who were like, come on. No, no, she wasn't. She was a bit iffy about him because he forced his way in on their first date. He was trying to kind of smooth on in there because he was he was representing himself and he was wearing the scrubs and everything as an anesthetist. Yeah. When actually he just come out of jail. Yeah, and, and didn't he steal like the doctor's scrubs or something? I don't know. It was, it's been a while since I listened. He to was Dirt, pretending to be an and an, a doctor. An, yeah, he was yeah, pretending. a surgeon, and um, li- moved on in real quick. He knew he fucked up on the first date, but then he came back again and um, managed to win over her trust to the point where they married, and he got her to sign things over in his name and all sorts of things. And it was so obvious to everybody except her. And it ended up with her daughter and he fighting to the death. Yeah. And the daughter won. Daughter won. Yeah. Sorry. Spoiler. 
<laughs> and then there was the other podcast that I'd listened to, the Australian one, Who the Hell is Hamish? Did you listen to that one? Of course I did, yes, because that was, um, I think, the same podcast makers as yeah. Teacher's Pet. Yeah, It which, was, the Australian. Which is horrifying. Yeah, yeah, the Australian newspaper, the Australian newspaper. Unlike... Um, the other one that you just said, Teacher's Pet. Yeah. Ham- Hamish was actually, Hamish McCourt, I think his name was, or McLaren, was just arrested in the last uh, six months, I think. Really? Yeah. Oh, good, because he is a fucking piece of work. Yeah. You know, even the the fashion designer, Lisa Ho, was one of his victims. Yeah. She was swindled and I actually had bought some dresses at her fire sale. Um, Yeah, look. Australia, I don't know why. Is it maybe it's because we're Australian, but we hear about all the dodgy shit that goes on in Australia. Yeah. But I've been following this case and it's an Australian case. Now I don't know if you're if you're ready for this or if you wanna I'm ready. I am ready for this. All right. Well look, I get a daily email from Sydney Morning Herald. Um oh, That's nice of them. Touching base. Yeah, they just, you know, say hi, how you doing? It's been yeah. a while. And it's basically the the headlines. And and look, this case caught my attention back in November last year because it was just fucking bizarre. And mm. since then, it has blown up in the Australian media. And, I, you know, I think it's been reported a little bit over here, but it certainly hasn't made the splash on this side of the pond that it has in Australia. So I've look, not I'm, heard anything about this case. Well, look, I'm going to give it a red hot go. because it a go some crazy shit going on in this case which is you know we were talking about deception it's well it's deception on so many levels but anyway I think it's ongoing so this isn't this case is not wrapped up so we don't have a satisfying satisfactory end to this well the thing is literally new details are coming to light every single day and I think this case is just going to run and run but I'm going to give you this the facts as they stand right now at around 5.30 a.m., November 12, last year, 2020, 49-year-old Melissa Caddick, who is a, was a financial investor, went for a run, just like she did every day near her home in Dover Heights. Now, anyone who Where's doesn't – Yeah, it's in Sydney, huh? and it's a really affluent area of Sydney's eastern suburbs near Bondi Beach. And look, it is gorgeous. It's on its own peninsula, right on the cliffs – I believe, right near my friend and yours, Mags. And depending on... She's had a couple of shout-outs. She has! Yes. Dover Heights is super wealthy. And, you know, on one side you look out and you've got the Tasman Sea, or if you're on the Sydney Harbour side, you get the Harbour Bridge and views of Sydney skyline. So you have to have megabucks. Stunning, yeah. To be able to afford a place here. And she was on the harbour side. So like I said, this this woman, Melissa Caddick, she went for her usual run. But on this day, it turns out she left her house without her phone, her wallet, or even her house keys. And she Mm. has not been seen since. Well, that's fishy. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say, sometimes I do go out without my phone or my wallet these days. Not without keys. Not without my keys. No. Does she live alone? No. She's got a husband and a son. Oh. So, look, on the surface of it, this case, back, back, you know, when it first broke, just appeared to be sort of a normal, and I mean normal in the most awful sense, but just a regular missing persons report. But this case has been anything but fucking normal. So, two days before Melissa went missing, so this is November 10, ASIC, which stands for the Australian Securities and Investments Commission, and it's a government body that regulates registered what companies. What is a fashion company called that? ASIC. Tiger ASICs. ASICs. Tiger ASICs. They're those shoes. Yeah. Yeah. ASICs. Not, not the same. No. Not the same, babe. <laughs> No, this is a, a fun, um it's a body that regulates registered companies and it sort of it's more like a watchdog for financial okay. markets and providers of financial services. So anyway, the day before she went missing, they froze. No, two days before, they froze all her bank accounts and they took measures without her knowledge to ensure that she couldn't leave Australia. Then, the next day, so November 11, Melissa's $7.5 million home was raided, both by the police and by ASIC, 
where over more than 12 hours, they seized her computers, all her files, and no shit, fucking wardrobes full of designer clothes, super expensive jewelry. I mean, this woman had the luxury lifestyle anybody could ever fucking dream of. Uh And at this point, this is where the case goes fucking nuts. So (gasps) I'm wondering if she's done a Harold Holt, walked into the sea. Well, that? he was the prime minister who went missing. Yeah. Walked out into the sea, they say. Well, do you Never know to what? Be found. Do you know what? As we go through this case, that is actually like put forward as one Uh-oh. of the one of the theories here. But we'll, we'll get back to that. So, like I said before, uh, Melissa claimed she was a financial investor. And look, to be fair, up until 2009, she really was. She was a financial investor. Yeah. But in 2013, she set up her own company, Malava, and she did this without a financial license to practice. So, which I'm guessing you need. Absolutely, you okay. know, because you have to have all of these licenses in able to be able to take people's money and invest it, and you also have to do um, courses on ethics. Think she missed that one. Oops. But anyway, so she set up this company and. I think way back even then, she knew what she was going to do. I think she set herself up here to like rip people off. But anyway, look, with Malava, what she what she was doing was she was basically, yeah, taking people's money and it was often their pension money or retirement oh, no. super. Yeah. She would invest it, inverted commas, and provide her cost, her customers, which... Her clients, and this is the really tragic part, her clients were mainly her family and friends. Oh, no. That's really sucky. Yeah, it's really fucking brutal. Anyway, so she would take their money and promise them high returns, except what she was actually doing is taking their money, putting it into her own personal bank accounts and living it up. Oh, no. Yeah, and basically what she had was a Ponzi scheme. And look, we've talked about that before. We have. In in previous episodes. It's really reminding me of the Hamish McLaren uh, case, actually. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, look, just quickly, for anyone who doesn't know what a Ponzi scheme is, it's basically an investment scam where, you know, the person running the scam pays um, existing investors with funds collected from the new investors. So, there's no real investment um, and eventually all Ponzi schemes fall apart because the people at the bottom get fucked over, basically. Mm. So, Jeffrey Epstein was a big fan of the Ponzi, as oh was God. Um, our, our mate Keith Ranieri, who instead of a Ponzi scheme, he was running a pyramid scheme, which is kind of like the next step down from a Ponzi. And which is all basically MLM. MLM. We've got to do that in another episode. But yeah, so she was fucking dodgy as fuck, basically. And basically, I think this is exactly what happened. Her Ponzi scheme went to shit. And look, just as an aside, you know, the government liquidators, when all of this, you know, when they raided her house, um, they've gone through all her documents. They literally did not find one legit investment, you know. So, bitch was out to defraud everyone right from the get-go, is my personal opinion. But now, look, Melissa was smart, you know. And look, according to reports, she was charismatic, she was charming, she was confident, and she was really convincing. And she reeled people in using this idea of scarcity, right? So, she'd appear really exclusive and in demand, and she'd say things like, I don't take many people on, but, you know, when a place in my books becomes available, I'll let you know. So she made people feel really lucky Mm. that she would agree to take them as clients. And look, I did this research and also found that she had this really elaborate story that she told to her friends and family about her previous experience, which sort of went along the lines of she'd been working for a company that had developed this really amazing software and as a multinational kind of super company, they'd bought her program and she made $86 million from her share of selling this program. So her pitch to her friends and her family were was kind of like, look, I've made my money. I don't really need to work, but I want to help you out and I want to give up, you know, women a leg up. So basically hand your money over to me and I'll grow that money for you and, 
you know, that's what they did. She she promised to make them rich beyond their wildest dreams. Mm. So, but what actually happened was she she took their money and you know, they they and the saddest thing about this is they really trusted her because from what they could see she had it all she was living the high life and not just because she had fancy house and loads of sports cars and clothes and stuff but also because they knew her you know this level of deception is so much more cruel because she knew them all and well they thought they knew her and they trusted her and she had around 60 clients on her books and her clients over the course of since 2013 transferred to her nearly 30 million Australian dollars so it's big fucking cash here so look if we go back to the day Melissa went missing it was her 15 year old son that said he heard the door like the front door click at around 5 30 in the morning now Melissa's husband Anthony Coletti um, who according to reports I read He's, they were all like going on about, oh, he's this young toy boy and, you know, and I was like, okay. Um, I looked into it. He's 41 and she's 49. So he's eight years. And I'm sorry, but that's not a fucking toy boy. And don't even get me started. Oh, shut up. (laughs) I like a younger man, as we all know. Oh, yes. Boys, 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 I'm looking, looking for, for a, a good time. That was no. that used to be your anthem on a night out, wasn't no. it? No, what was it? Um, young, young boys, boys are my weakness. weakness. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, dude's not that young. So I was like, oh, come on. He's not toy boy. But anyway, look, a little bit about the husband. He was her hairdresser, right? Oh. And... A DJ, aspiring DJ. Um, big, and it, to be honest, I, I checked out one of his videos. It's quite shit. So oh. it's a bit embarrassing. And look, and she funded all his like music and whatever. And according to friends. Do you know what I'm imagining right now, Michelle? Do you remember, um, what was it? What's his name? Not, no. Chris Lilly. Okay. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. What was it called? The latest thing that we saw? Oh, not Summer Heights High. Psychos or something? Oh, God, something. Yeah. There was a real estate agent with a really big bum. Oh, yeah. And he, and oh he worked as a DJ at weekends. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> His whole family had huge asses. Yeah, Jesus. I don't know if Anthony Coletti has a massive ass. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just put it this way. Sh- Obviously, the the rich wife was funding his really crap DJ. Can I ask, was he the father of the 15-year-old? No. No, no, no. no, Second husband. Second husband. So, yeah. Look, and, and you know, according to the friends that knew both of them, she wore the pants in the relationship and was apparently controlling and, and like, super organized. And, you know, it... They say it wasn't emotionally or financially an equal relationship, but you know, who Mm. knows, whatever. So look, Melissa was actually meant to be attending this online court hearing on November 13 at 9.30 a.m. So this is two days after the raid. And when the judges got online, it was Anthony who was at the meeting and he was like, Oh, hi. And they're like, "Uh, where's Melissa? And he's like, yeah, sorry, but she's not here. And actually, I don't know where she is, you know. And they were like, "Uh, what the fuck? And he's like, yeah, she hasn't been back since yesterday. And they're like, have you reported her missing? And he's like, no. So, you know, they were like, "Uh, I think you better call the police. So he did. And he reported her missing the day after she'd gone for the run. So like I said, November 13. And this was at midday. And he basically said he was perplexed by her disappearance and that everything had been as normal when they'd gone to sleep the night before, which, quite frankly, knowing now that her home had been raided and that she was under under, um, investigation for financial fraud, are you really going to say everything was fucking normal? No, because stressed out. Oh, man, look, she'd just been busted for embezzling yeah. millions of dollars and for being a super fucking shady businesswoman, and it was fine. How does she sleep at night regularly? 
knowing what she's doing. Because I think she's a fucking sociopath. That's yeah, my be. personal opinion. Yeah. But look, it's a red flag right there, right? Yeah. So because no way good things have been normal. Second red flag, the husband did not report her missing until 30 hours after she'd apparently gone for that morning run, right? And just didn't totally come fishy. home. Yeah. So look, and in that, and exactly fishy. And in the context of that raise, the, com- the police seizing all her computers and files and shit, he took his sweet time to to go to the police and in my opinion that is so fucking dodge so I think you know what's also dodgy is that all the friends were calling him saying oh you know um oh Melissa was meant to be here doing this here doing that he never mentioned a single thing about them being raided about her being under investigation about her her being missing really fucking dodgily so look essentially those poor friends had no clue their money was in danger until the media exposed the fact that this missing woman was also under investigation for fraud. And that's when the penny dropped for a lot of these friends, that basically their investment portfolios didn't exist and their money had just vanished. And look, in the research, Melissa had like prepared these super elaborate fake documents with like letterheads and investment trajectories and all this stuff because her friends trusted her. They didn't dig into it, right? Actually, there was this one poor woman who when they they broke the news that she was under investigation um, and was missing, uh, she freaked out and went to ComSec, which is like the investing arm of the Commonwealth Bank and that's one of the big banks in Australia. And she gave them her account number on her investment documents and they were like, um, that account doesn't exist. So all her money gone. I mean, I can't even imagine oh, how man. that would feel. Your fucking heart would be, would sink, right? So, Well, that's how I felt when I realised that all that money I'd paid to the bloody HMRC had gone missing. Oh, my God. Yeah. It just makes I you... I was sick. Yeah. It, I mean, I can't even imagine... I also saw some some of her spending, right? And it's wild. I mean, she they I, they were these spreadsheets doing the rounds online, and it was like two hundred and twenty nine thousand dollars spent at Dior. Two hundred and that's that's a quarter of a million dollars. That's a couple of bags and a hair barrette. Yeah, probably actually. And then you know there was like one hundred and eighty seven thousand at. Canturi jewels, and that's like a super high end jeweler mm. in in Sydney. Um, forty grand at Netaporta, forty five wow. grand at Farfetch, eighteen <gasps> grand at Louis Vuitton. I mean, she's she, got expensive taste. She does, right? So all the while, she's like spending up, and she's just taking more and more money from her friends, mm. and she was l- ripping them off left, right, and center, but playing the role of a mate, right? What a so, bitch. Sorry, that's good. this lady's a bitch. I don't like her. What? Only now you're saying she's a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> it's just occurred to me that she might be a bit of a cow. <laughs> well, the thing was that the friends were saying... You're not my friend anymore. Well, the horrible thing uh, is that the friends were like, you know, she was a friend to us. You know, she would come around, have coffee. We'd be talking about personal things. All the while, she's looking us right in the face and spending our money. You know, like it's just really fucking bizarre, right? So, and and like I said, I think she must have had some kind of personality disorder, like Mm. narcissist personality disorder, sociopath. Yeah, any of those, borderline, borderline, like multiple personality even, who knows? But it's just fucking terrifying. And look, she even ripped off her own parents. Oh. You know, like they're 80 years old. Oh, she no. ripped them off one million bucks because she told them, yeah, just, just hand over all your retirement, all your pension, everything, and I'll invest it in property for you. Spent it all. <gasps> heartbreaking. Bitch, it is heartbreaking. And, I mean, clearly she does have mental health issues because, look, people like that, they're charismatic, they talk the talk, and mm-hmm. they don't have any remorse. And we hear, like, we listen to our murder podcasts we hear this over and over again. People with this type of mental health, like issue, they feel it's a, no it's a guilt, type no of psychopathy. Yeah. It is, yeah, and they feel like they don't feel any guilt. No, but let's go back to this thirty hours, right? Because you could like thirty hours it took for yeah. her husband to 
contact the police. Now, look, he's claiming that he has no idea about her shady business dealings. And apparently, it, literally in recent reports, he's saying she's innocent. She's been framed. I mean, uh. sorry, but like the evidence is there, mate. Like, open your eyes. It's So, she's got 30-hour head start on the police. And what can you do in 30 hours? You can actually pretty much get to anywhere in the world in 30 hours. You can fly to the UK. Yeah, that's not that's not 30. That's more like 22. So, yeah, but you have to get to the airport. You've got to wait for the flight. You've got to but, you know, walk around the airport. But this woman, she's not going domestic. She's not even going first. She's probably got a fucking private plane somewhere flying her out. Because remember, they put in place things that made her unable to be like she would be flagged at airports okay so look I I just want to put that out there that so she didn't flee plus it was pandemic last year so you said it was 2020 yeah she would have been height of pandemic right yeah but there's no way she's leaving Australia yeah but let's not forget she's got a wedge load of cash so she's she's got money right so let's just hold that in our thoughts okay Now, I'm also going to put it out here that um, the only evidence we have that she even went for this run is the 15-year-old son saying he heard the door close at 5.30. Okay. Now, when the police raided her house, they took all the CCTV cameras and all the footage, right? Which is a bit of a bummer, a bit of a bad move. But Hmm. let's remember here, she lives in Dover Heights. CCTV in every fucking house because they are like security up to the hilt. Yep. Not a single scrap of CCTV footage exists of her leaving the house or her doing anything that morning, right? Why? Is that because of something the police did? No, it just doesn't exist. They've gone to neighbours and they've looked at CCTV and nothing. She is not, she's not anywhere. She didn't leave the house. Or she left before that run. Okay. Let's skip forward now to February 21 of this year. A badly decomposed foot inside a running shoe was found by campers at Bournder Beach, south of Tarthra, which is basically your neck of the woods. My neck of the woods. Yeah. Jesus. And that's about, for anyone who doesn't know, it's about 400k from like her house in Dover Heights. And I want to talk about this foot because I don't know why, but I'm really kind of fucking obsessed with this foot because (laughs) it's just so macabre. One foot. One foot, right? So from the minute the police saw images of this shoe with the foot in it, they knew straight away it was Melissa's shoe because the running shoe she was wearing was some kind of limited edition from Israel and it's really unique. And probably one of those fucking super expensive, you know, like five pairs ever made. So they knew it was her when it, her foot when it washed up. And then the police did DNA testing. And yes, it was confirmed that it was a DNA match to DNA on her toothbrush. Well, that's it. It's Melissa's <laughs> foot. Now, there are a few things here that I find interesting about this foot. First of all, the amount of decomposition on the foot was not three months worth of decomposition. And the environmental damage to the shoe was not what you would typically expect to see in a shoe that had been in water for three months. So the suggestion here is basically that the foot was not chopped off at the time she went missing, but much later. Now, if this really is the case, then she's al- she was alive after she went missing, which means that someone out there knows something. And look, mm. apparently I also read that she went to school camps at Bournder Beach when she was a kid. So she knows that fucking area. So is it possible she went there to hide out? Or she went there and threw her foot in there to throw them off the set? Well, do you know <laughs> that what? didn't happen, did it? <laughs> no, I'm seriously, I'm not even joking. Back to this foot. You, I, don't, you don't believe that she just chopped her own foot off to say, look, there, there you go. I'm faking my death by chopping my own foot off. You wouldn't Jordy, do that. this woman is capable of anything. And uh, look, I've scoured the internet because I want to see pictures of the fucking foot. Because let's face it. Grim. No, but just because she's lost a foot does not mean she is dead. And look, I had dinner the other night with two doctors. Shout out uh-huh. to Ollie and Chris. Shout out. Shout out. Um, and look. <laughs> Ollie basically said to me, if you can see how the foot was amputated, that's going to be the key to this. Because he said, if it was done with surgical precision, that's a red flag right there. That was done deliberately. 
But if it's been like ripped off and looks Hacked. like it's been mauled by a shark, yeah, whole other thing, right? Okay. So I looked. I can't find pictures of that foot. And I scoured, oh. scoured the internet. So if anyone has images of this foot, I'm going to send them to Ollie. He'll give me Ow. the lowdown. A little job for you there. Yes. And Chris too, this this other doctor, Chris, he's like, yeah, we will know straight away. So if anyone has pictures of that foot, we want them. Like I said, a lot of clues if we know what, like how this foot was amputated. Basically, you can live without a foot, right? Okay. Of course you fucking can. And look, she's she's just been fucking Bernie Madoff, made off with like millions and millions and millions of dollars. She knows she's been busted because ASIC has been round, raided her place. Quite frankly, I think that if you want to get the police off the scent, throw them a foot. Now, you're not going to give them an arm because you want your hands, right? I'm going to say, I'm going to say no to this, Michelle, because of, of the fact that she likes the finer things in life. Because she likes her Louis Vuitton bags, because she likes her limited edition Israeli trainers, there is no <laughs> fucking way that woman would cut off a foot. Do you know? No way. She's the- too, she cares too much about herself. I disagree. I think that if you have that much money and you can go get some titanium shit. I mean, those people are doing Olympics with like, they've got no legs and they're still like living great lives. Fair point. I don't know. And look, there are some theories here. So the first is that she committed suicide, right? This is from the police. Or the husband's done it. Well, look... Yeah, maybe actually. I but, reckon he's but you know what? got something to hide. No, when you see him, he's a hairdresser. And I don't mean this in a horrible way, but even the dad came out and said, he's a hairdresser. And quite frankly, he wouldn't even know what a financial plan was. I think he's got access to some very sharp scissors. <laughs> Could have lost his way through this. But look, I don't give this, this suicide um, theory much, much sway short shrift because if we're right about her personality she's not the kind and she you know she can defraud her friends and family she is not the kind of person who is going to throw it all away and commit suicide she's not feeling any guilt equally the foot too equally she's not going to give up a part of herself i have to disagree with that i think she's not going to walk away from everything and just you know commit suicide but also there's no cctv footage of her going down to the cliffs and by the way, the the police have dredged, they've scoured, like, all mm-hmm. that coast and everything. So they've found nothing. But obviously, sec- like, theory number two is she was murdered. I don't know because does the foot prove she's dead? No. It just proves she's got one foot mm. not attached to her body, right? So I – and actually we talked uh, – you know, there was that torso that came up on Molly Book Beach, but that wasn't her. That was a, another red herring. But look. Hang on, how many bodies are floating up on these coastal, south coastal beaches? I don't know, but I think we need to do more investigation. because. So who was the torso? Uh, I think it was a homeless dude. But How I mean, did that get there? I don't know, but they it was awful because they said it was his torso. It was still with the belly button. There's something about the idea what? of the belly button still being on it. I don't know. It's just gross. It's grim. But a torso would have a belly button, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I think it was because it was all still like I don't know. It was just the fact they said belly button. It just I didn't like it. I didn't like. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, look, I'd like to know what happened to that poor man. Well, I want to know what happened. The fuck to Middlesex attic because look, there are loads of people who probably wanted her dead. Quite frankly, yes. And I wouldn't be surprised if she was murdered. But I also think she's too smart for this because. Theory number three, she's still alive and out there somewhere. And this is what I believe because, like I said, the foot's a foot doesn't prove anything. And it proved, but what it does prove is that she was alive for quite some time after she went missing because of the level of decomposition, right? So somebody knows something out there. And I think, and look, we've watched enough crime dramas to know about this. I think when you're involved in shady dealings, you know that you're going to come unstuck at some point and you have a plan B, right? You've got a getaway. And I think she probably knew this day was coming and she probably had every fucking thing lined up. New fake passport, 
private plane on hold. You know, I think she has just fucking gone. And she had paid the mortgage on her house for six months in advance. And mm. and all over the papers they're saying, this is not usual. It wasn't part of her normal spending and her normal right. habits. And it's like she knew. planning. Yes. Yeah. So who knows? But I I think she's out there missing a foot somewhere. And this, like I said, this case is going to run and run. But with all these poor people that have been ripped off, now I read a few things and I don't know if this is true or if I'm just connecting the dots here, but the reason she even got alerted um, to the police and to ASIC was because she had met this couple and was trying to convince them to invest with her and she gave them the prospectus and the the wife said, this is not a trust bank account. This is a personal bank account. This woman's shady. And they went, well, I don't know if it's them, but this was, I'm connecting the dots that I think these, this was the couple. Then a woman who had already invested with Melissa. She'd invested 2.5 million. She went to her like fancy Eastern Suburbs dental clinic, got chatting to some lady who said, I'm a financial investor. And she said, oh, well, I've got a fabulous one. Her name's Melissa Caddick. And this woman said, oh my God, steer the fuck away clear of her because she has stolen my license number I'm still trying to get to the bottom of what she's doing. She is shady. Now, this woman went straight back home, rang Melissa and said, um, hey, I found a property I want to buy. I need my $2.5 tomorrow. And Melissa was like, um, I think that's a really bad idea. You know, I can create more money from you than investing in property. Really tried to convince her, but she said, right. no, I want my money back. So she got the money and she got 300000 fake profit, basically. Now- yeah. For me, I feel like, okay, that woman had a happy ending because she at least got her initial investment back. But knowing what she knows now, I wonder if she's holding on to that 300000 in profit because that's actually someone else's money. It's not profit. It's stolen from someone else. So I just want to put it out there that I would give that money back. Yeah. Now, because you're a good person. I am a good person. But sadly for most of her victims, they were not like rich eastern suburbs ladies. They were just... People who took, who worked hard, who took out all their savings and gave it to her in good trust. And look, even Anthony's father, her husband's father, who was mm. a justice of the peace, it's been discovered his signature has been um, used for, like, she's faked his signature on documents. So, so he's been embroiled, like, it's just this whole big mess, but... Just yesterday, um, the financial uh, liquidators came forth in the news and said that they have discovered a secret portfolio um, of investments that she like buried deep, but they've like followed the money and found it. And that if they sell it all, um, a lot of the investors who have been ripped off um, could get, well, get something. So, you know, they're, do you that just, then. Yeah, exactly. But look, what I find really awful about this case, obviously, like it's so layered, but, you know, yeah, losing all that money is going to fucking hurt. But the level of betrayal and deception, mm-hmm. you know, it it's fucking devastating. So to wrap up here, I guess I just want to say, like, people, if you're going to invest, please do your due diligence. Do due diligence and be thorough. Don't just think because someone's your friend, they're not going to rip you off because you don't fucking know. And, you know, dig deep, investigate things to make sure they're legit. And mm. if it looks too good to be true, it probably is. It probably is. And do you know what? I'll give you, I'll give some updates in the coming weeks if there's anything more on Melissa Caddick. But there you go, people. Fucking Melissa Caddick, what a witch. So the latest from the police is that they are just going to chase that money to try and pay back her investors or the people that have been ripped off. The latest from the police is that, like I said, they've they found this secret portfolio and they're confident that that will be able to yeah, give people some kind of cash in their pockets. But Anthony was not a creditor. 
So he never Anthony's the husband. The husband. He's right. he's and neither is the kid, right? So um they're not creditors, so they are not going to get receive anything. Oh. So and he there's this picture of him in the newspapers with showing like a, a a screenshot of his bank account. He's apparently got $1.52. I mean, this woman was fucking supporting him in everything. Their home is now in Dover Heights. Gorgeous. It's going up for sale for $9 million. Um, oh. They reckon after the mortgage is paid, they will be able to clear $5 mil. So that will go to helping some people recover some of the debt, uh, the, but their what, investment back. What about the child? What about this, this 15-year-old? But he gets nothing because she... Invested other it well, I don't know about that side, but certainly from Melissa's perspective, it's all ill-gotten gains, and the kid's mm. entitled to nothing because it's not hers, and therefore it's not his. But the thing is, he's going to be homeless because yes, basically that the husband Anthony and the kid they are entitled to nothing, and they have seized all the Porsches, all the racing cars, all the fucking sports cars. They're all being all sold. Yeah, they did. They went. They literally took out like armfuls of designer clothes they're all going up for auction they're going to sell off whatever they can to be able to try and claw back money for you know these people who invested and try and get something back so you know sadly like I said the husband and the son are not listed as creditors so which means they they never invested any money so they're not entitled to any money so they won't receive a penny of anything. Oh, man, that's so sad for the boy. I mean, the, the the husband can probably just go back to working as a hairdresser and just scale back his lifestyle choices a little bit. But that's going to be really hard because, you know, there's a lot of media about how she would take these super expensive holidays to Aspen. And she was telling everyone she owned this um, apartment in Aspen and it was part I think to do with the Little Nell and I've actually stayed at the Little Nell it's fucking gorgeous right yes but no one's going on holidays to Aspen at the moment Michelle no what I mean is she's saying she owned this apartment in Aspen oh, I see. turns out she's only ever rented but she's such a psycho that in a copy of her will she had gifted her Aspen apartment to a friend Now, she knows for well she doesn't even own the apartment. So what kind of like mental illness is that, you know? Mm. So, but, you know, poor Anthony. It's deep fantasy. It's deep fantasy. And I've got a story to tell. It's going to be next week now because obviously we've spent a lot of time talking about Melissa Caddick. So we're going to have to do a two-parter and I'm really intrigued to find out more. So I wonder if I can ask you to, to look into a little bit more some questions that I've got about Melissa Caddick and maybe anyone else who wants to write in and ask questions. Michelle's very good at Googling. Very good at the <laughs> Google. Google. But yeah, please get on all the socials and, you know, fire us your questions because, you know, I'm really, really like following this case. I just think it's so intriguing. And like I said, I'm fucking obsessed with that foot. And if yeah, I want to know, you know, if you've got, if you're on the dark web and you've got pictures of this foot, like oh, confidentially gosh. send it to me. I'll send it on to my doctor <laughs> friends because look, there, there is more to this. We are going to, it's like an onion. We are going to uncover layers and layers and layers of this, of this case. And quite frankly, I know you think she's dead. I think she's out there just pissing herself laughing at all of us. Wow. Yeah. Michelle is so excited. It's a shame our audience can't see you, Michelle, <laughs> bouncing up and down, hardly containing yourself within your little white fluffy robe. I know. The robe is flying with all the excitement. But Sorry. I've got a story to tell about a similar lady uh, who got away with a lot of uh, fraudulent behavior for many years until one of her victim's brothers decided to make a podcast about it. And I'm talking about Leslie Manukian and the Wards family from New Zealand. And I'm going to talk about that next week. Oh, in my addition God. to you filling us in on the new Melissa Caddick developments. Exactly. We want to know. And I want to know more about this torso. That How many body parts wash up in on the Australian coast? I lived there until I was 16. And you never found a foot? No, I did find a couple of, uh, I found a kangaroo once with the missing like part of its leg, just the meat of it missing. The bone was exposed. 
from knee to to ankle. Doesn't count. It's not a human. <laughs> it was quite shocking. It would be quite but, shocking. Yeah, it wasn't human. Well, I'm glad that I never found a human part washed up on Casey's beach. I look. I don't think anybody wants to ever find a a dead human. I mean, it's no. shocking. Have you ever seen a dead body? I have, unfortunately. I've seen a, a couple. One was under a sheet, and it was in a car which was parked outside the um, the priest's what? house in, in Ireland. Oh, my well, God. It's in rural Ireland about 40, 30 years ago. 40 years. What am I saying? About 20-something years ago. Yeah. Maybe more. In rural Ireland. And obviously someone had died. And they're in a little tiny village in Ireland, in Clane, I think it was. And whoever the, the family member was had driven the body around and parked it upside out outside the priest's house so that you know obviously he could be brought in or something it was under a sheet and the other dead body I saw which is much more disturbing it was a motorcycle and pedestrian collision at King's Cross pre them doing King's Cross station up in in London I was coming back from a work do absolutely pissed with about six or seven other colleagues all flying high until we saw it must have been about five or ten minutes after the accident oh and we didn't know what God. we were looking at and it was spread. The the person was... No! A smear! Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. Well, wasn't good. oh, fucking hell. But do you know what? I, I think I may have told you about this at the time. My friend Chantal and I had gone to Tiberitz surfing and we were walking to where we were staying and we saw a motorbike accident and oh. we heard it. We saw it. We saw this guy go flying, you know, she went one way, he went the other. And we were like, fucking hell. And she's a pharmacist and she went up, not that she thought she could do anything, but you just, you never know. She went up and she came back and she was as white as a sheet. And she said to me, the foot is in the shoe. And I was like, what? She's like, that shoot we saw, the foot is in it. And we both just were sick. It was just awful. So, But you know what? This is what makes me realise that you can live with one foot. Okay. Can I ask what happened to that poor person, though, who lost their foot that you saw in the accident? Look, we don't know because it. we were actually leaving the next day and that <sighs> we couldn't speak really. Our French was not good enough. I have zero. Her French is not bad. And um, there were quite a few witnesses. And so we just sort of thought, no, there's enough. People had called the ambulance, whatever. <sighs> we couldn't do more. So we left. Yeah. But all I would say is I think that dude probably won't, do you know what? I say he won't, I won't walk again, but you can do amazing things these days with technology. And this is why Melissa Caddick, she's got the money. I, I wonder if she's waited up and thought, I've got, I've got my life. I've got 25 million Australian dollars. I just don't have a foot. Fuck it. I get a little titanium How has she one. got the money? Because they haven't found it all. Ah, and she doesn't care about her son, clearly. No, she doesn't care about anyone. She doesn't care about no. her parents or her friends. She's a fucking yeah. psychopath. So, oh, mate. this, yes, updates TBC, coming. TBC, Michelle, TBC. Indeed. So there you go. That's All what right. it's about. Sorry, I did, sorry that case took so long. I didn't realise it was going to be a whole episode. Well, it was fascinating. Oh, well, we'll see. I think it's going to get even more crazy twists and Well, you turns. know, in a way, I'm glad that we're doing a second app yes i've got some more stories too so next week yes good and hopefully we'll get some more updates about melissa caddick yep get on it al yep <laughs> find us the foot al we want that Go foot. On a fishing trip <laughs> don't oh. <laughs> oh dear all right then mish well thank you so much for that incredible story and there's some really good research done there i am looking forward to more ideas and uh what's the word hypotheses being yep. put to us next week and even some more details i hope so until yeah. then keep on like share subscribe all that and go to the website www.eavesdroppingpodcast.com send us your stories and suggestions and just loving messages at hello at eavesdroppingpodcast.com and also we've got a youtube channel where you can see geordie dancing being a witch doing all her shit so 
very, yes. very entertaining. It keeps me busy, you know. <laughs> See you next time, Bye. people. Eavesdropping. 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 Eavesdropping.